Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked about Joe Biden's fall and the falling unemployment numbers. We talked about Kevin McCarthy and his deal with the devil with Marjorie Taylor Greene. We talked about Ron DeSantis. We talked about all the things. Here's the show. But I think that we should grapple with, like, the Kevin McCarthy of it all. And the way that he has, on one hand, brought in people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan in such a way that he can govern the country. He can be an active participant in negotiating with Joe Biden, and we don't have a calamitous debt default. On the other hand, he is normalizing... He is normalizing Marjorie Taylor Greene. He is using her celebrity, right? Like they've they've struck a deal and she gets to be a lunatic still uh, as long as she gives him his votes and support when he needs it. And I think it is like in the sh- in the short term, it is positive in a pragmatic way for our politics. But in the long term, it creates a greater permission structure for us to accept Marjorie Taylor Greene as a normal political force. And I have been like, I've been trying to turn that over in my head about what that, like I pushed back on the idea that that was like a canny move on his part. It is him dealing with the world as it is. Yeah. Um, and so there's that. I just, what do you think about that? I, I can't believe I'm going to do this. All right. So I'm going to say a thing. And this is one of those moments where we're just talking out loud. I am not committed to this view. I am I am simply positing it for us to discuss. What if normalizing Marjorie Taylor Greene is part of it and the other part is basically bending Marjorie Taylor Greene into the realities of governing and making her a more, more responsible-ish legislator? Which is, you know, it sounds like growing an office. It doesn't really mean that because she's still a lunatic, but also, like, I don't know, she's a lunatic who is being taught that uh, it actually isn't enough to just go onto Fox and throw bombs. Uh, you, you do need to deal with the act of governing. And maybe that is part of it. Again, I'm not committing to this. I can't believe I'm defending Kevin McCarthy in this way. Um but I don't know, like maybe that's also happening as a byproduct. I'm not saying it's intentional, but maybe that's part of a thing that is happening. Well, so I, I struggle with sort of two two things that I think are are important to me. One is to have moral absolutes, right? Like things that we will not tolerate. Uh, and I think that Marjorie Taylor Greene, if we we should not forget, like she like went to a Nick Fuentes white supremacist conference to speak. She is. There is that. Uh, there is the white supremacism stuff. <laughs> she she she's also she's also quite the insurrectionist. Remember, she did a lot of the 1776, a lot of the blood on there. You know, there will be blood. You know, like a lot of. If I had been running the insurrection, it would have had. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene is a figure who should not be normalized under any circumstances, and Kevin McCarthy is somebody who has also normalized and put sort of his his. Um, sort of normal political sheen onto election denialism, onto a bunch of really bad actors. Like, 
these to me are, are like disqualifying morally. That is one part that's important to me about how I think about politics in the world. On the other hand, another part of me that thinks about politics is about living in the world that we have, right? Not doing fantasy politics and like playing the ball as it lays and doing what needs to be done to get us to the best and and not the most perfect, right? I am I am I do not think you should ever let perfect be the enemy of the good. Uh and so I'm and I've this and it's where I got sort of my like listen, these guys are going to have to govern and so we should we should think about cuz part of the work that I do in my other life is about putting pressure on people to get them to move to the pragmatic place, to get them to do the thing that is right for the country. We can't could not default on our debt. Like the extent to which That's, it should yeah. be catastrophic for us can't be overstated. And, and so catastrophic for everyone. Like this yeah. is the, as a country, this is not a case where you have like one side which wants a waterways bill passed and the other side saying no, the waterways bill shouldn't be and where the you know the people who are impacted are now, you know, one side wins and one side loses. This is a everybody loses if the US government defaults on its debt. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And so it is important. And for a long time, not like a yeah. one-time loss. Like the, yeah. the extent that this would have impacted us in the long term and turned us into uh, a quickly declining global superpower. Yeah. Like it couldn't happen. I can't believe it, but here we are. Kevin McCarthy, American statesman. Put him on Mount Rushmore. Let's get, a, statu- well, let's get a statue of him in the rotunda. <laughs> Oh, Let's God. name a medal after him. Uh, McCarthy Pence, right? This is a... I will say, though, it's your point. Uh, I mean, obviously, I push back on this idea that, that you know, everybody feels like things are fine. Cause things, but I will say that there has been over the last, I don't know, I just, there has that return to normality. Like, Kevin McCarthy uh being there and like the way that politics is functioning right now, like it feels so tenuous because the specter of the Republican primary hangs over us and 85% of the Republican primary electorate want either the insane former president who tried the coup or the insane striver who wants, uh, who doesn't believe in the vaccines and is like literally hitting Trump uh, on the only thing he got right in his entire (laughs) presidency, uh, which is to push the vaccines. Um, I like that's, uh, I, I, but but like the 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 Congress has been working okay. It's okay. Uh, DeSantis, <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing yeah, I'm great. doing great. I'm doing really great here. Uh, DeSantis, DeSantis. Yeah. Uh, we have one poll out that is post announcement. Only one. It's a YouGov poll. We have the Monmouth poll from earlier this week that does not take into account the announcement. I think they're both very bad for him. And uh, not very. The Monmouth poll is very bad for him on like a bunch of different levels. The YouGov uh-huh. poll is n- not encouraging. Yeah, I mean the this YouGov poll uh, uh, that this was the only one we've gotten so far. I, I gotta think we're gonna get more today. Like, there's no way a bunch of people didn't put polls in the field around this uh, to see if DeSantis gets a bump post announcement. But the only one I've seen is the Yahoo News YouGov poll. Uh, and like Trump is doing a little better. Uh, like in the last poll that they did, DeSantis trailed Trump by 20 points. And today he trails them. He trails them by 28 points. Oh, 
that's, that's not good, right? No, that's yeah, not good. In a, hypoth- no. in a hypothetical two-way matchup, uh, <laughs> Trump leads 55 to 31, uh, which is up from 50 to 36 in early May. Not great, um, Bob. I mean, I, I again, I'm going to wait for more information. I think I think there's just not enough. Also, you know, my feelings on polling are uh, well documented. But I do think that like, what do you, so I've been, I think he needs to, to continue to have some momentum and to not have a narrative of like, this is a flop on an announcement level. Uh, I think he needs to get close to like a seven, eight point bump to like not have people write stories of it's not enough. I mean, if he can't here, here is uh, we talked a little about this last night too. Did you clock that donor call that we got? We got yeah intel of where the Santis's numbers guys are spinning for the donors and they're presenting all this. You know, they they are shining up turds and calling them diamonds. But even in the midst of that, they say, "Look, Trump has thirty percent of the of the electorate that's just going to vote for him no matter what." Yeah, thirty percent of the Republican electorate. If DeSantis can't get to 30%, then what is the case of him, right? What What is the case for him? If his own people think that Trump starts with an absolute floor of 30 and DeSantis is going to be stuck at like 25, 27, yeah, I, I've told you this before. 19. Uh, I've told you this before, and this is this was in their call. They're going to say no, not, they're going to say the national polls don't matter. Uh, only Iowa matters. Right. Iowa has six delegates and 90 90 percent of the momentum. That's what they said on the call. And it's true. Right. That they're going to make a stand in Iowa. Caucus states better for them. So DeSantis, just hear me say this, everyone. This is the most important. I think Trump can lose Iowa and still go on to win. DeSantis cannot lose Iowa Mm -hmm. and go on to win because Nevada is a good state for Trump. Uh, I South Carolina will be tough because you will have two uh, other two normies taking a share of the normie vote. Um, so Trump gets his plurality. Uh, New Hampshire, uh, maybe, but like DeSantis has to win two of the early states, and one mm-hmm. of them has to be Iowa. Trump ha- and so. I just uh, so they're making their stand in Iowa, and I think that's right and good and fair. Um, certainly better than Florida, which you know there was that early floating that yeah. that was like we're gonna. It's a marathon, okay. not a sprint. We're gonna. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but he just has a lot of structural advantage disadvantages. DeSantis. One is like he can't lose Iowa. The other is, um, you know, does, Chris Christie's going to get in here, and Mike Pence, and like. Everybody's going to want to try to climb to number two. And so their first order of business is going to be to shoot at DeSantis. Uh, maybe Chris Christie shows a lot of discipline and only goes after Trump, but I doubt it. So here is – I have a question about our anti-anti-Trumpers who uh-huh. are who are who have mortgaged their lives to Ron DeSantis, I believe in many cases without ever hearing him speak. Um, you know, they, they, they read a lot about him. They read interviews with him. I don't know that they ever saw him interact with human beings before deciding that he was, he was the chosen. Yeah. Uh, if you are desperate to not, cause the, the, 
the impetus for the people who are all in on DeSantis, except for the theocrats who really want the the Orbanism, but for the the normie Republicans who have decided that uh, that is because they just don't want to have to support Trump again. Mm-hmm. And so, if that is your motivating principle, then if DeSantis is not the guy, don't you want him to fail faster? Yes. Right. I mean, the, the idea that like, no, no, we're going to prop him up to try to keep him at twenty one percent. Like, no. No, if he can't take off, then fucking jump ship and try to find somebody else, right? Let DeSantis go to seven. And, you know, DeSantis isn't going to get out. That's fine. But but let's get, you know, hey, time's a waste. <laughs> yeah. You know, go see if Tim Scott, go see if you can force Glenn and Youngkin into the race. Go see if Mike Pence can, you know, I don't know, right? Everybody, was a heavily evangelical state. Mike Pence is weirdly the only true evangelical in the race, which is kind of strange for a Republican Party. I guess Tim Scott's a little evangelical, but not really. No, he is. Tim Scott. Well, Tim Scott's very Christian. Yeah, very Christian, but not not as, you know, like Mike Pence is a Jesus first kind of guy. Um, I find another horse, right? I mean, see who can pop instead of if you determine that DeSantis is a deeply flawed candidate. And the numbers should be what help you determine that. Why spend all of your energy trying to prop this guy up? I don't understand it. Do you? I don't. I and I. I. This is. I was actually. I was just trying to write a piece for you, where this is the kicker. Right? Is like it's Ron DeSantis, unhappy warrior. Uh, right? Like this guy. And it was basically going to be premised on. I've been waiting for polls, and so if he doesn't get a real bump. I just feel like people have to quickly get a grip on reality and say, draft Glenn Youngkin, or we're going to take a harder. The problem is, is there's not some, the problem is, is there's nobody else in the field who's in double digits and who anybody thinks can get in double digits. Like, cause you're right. The, the, the thing is that they never listened to DeSantis. I think is pretty good. People assumed his political talent uh, because of COVID, right? And because he, again, so much of it is not. It's not who Ron DeSantis hates, it's who hates him. And because the Mm. media was pissed at him back during COVID and he made an enemy out of them, ably, and then like did okay in Florida, Um, people can argue, and there's a lot of people doing this arguing New York versus Florida, and was it, I mean, whatever, he did what the people of the state wanted, which is he kept things mostly open. Yeah, I mean, Um, except for the 100,000 people in his state who died. They probably didn't want that. But, you know, maybe they did. <laughs> maybe they were happy to die so that they didn't have to take your microbots from Bill Gates. I mean, I don't want to have this argument about, like, you know, the folks in Florida are older. Um, like, it is it is, it is, is bad that people died because of COVID. Very uh, bad. Very I, bad. I yeah, want to be clear people, that I'm saying it's bad. Yeah, sure. I'm not saying I, it's No, I, I also want to be clear. I'm saying, but, like, also, people are still dying of COVID mm-hmm. every day right now. Mm-hmm. And we've decided as a society, like we're 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 back, and so, and I th- so I just I I don't know I I, I am not going to uh, I think and I think the people and maybe I, what is it called survivors bias, um, but he was reelected overwhelmingly because of his COVID record. Yeah. Like as a political matter, that's just yep. true. It is. Um, and Democrats were starting to get punished. By voters, like one of the reasons Glenn Youngkin won is that voters were starting to, or they wanted things to open back up. And so that just is what it is. 
and so that's why people liked him. But again, it was like a shallow read on him. And they did go all in. Like it is, they, and they've just, right, they, what they, in their minds, they're like, okay, this is the one guy, they call him a fusion candidate. The one guy who can marry the normies and the activists. Because he's got this woke lane. He does it, but he can also govern. This is, it's very important to them, right, to be able to say, but he can govern. He's a serious person. That gives them the intellectual cover they need to defend him. Uh, I I don't know why they wouldn't move on to Glenn Youngkin. Uh, he also did that um, and has done it without going full mag. I mean, I just think Ron DeSantis made a dumb strategic move early on, which is like, I'm going to try to out Trump, 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 Trump. They are running to his MAGA. Tim made this point on the next level. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I saw this, this tweet hitting Trump, for defending Operation Warp Speed and defending, and they call it the jab in yeah. the parlance of people <laughs> of conspiracy. And they say he did it without acknowledging all the adverse effects of it. I was like, that is like the, it's the, he's being an anti vax crazy person. Hey, again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to The Bulwark and subscribe. We'd love to have you.